Hello, friends. My name is Joe Irwin Bettner, and this is the Eyes on Oklahoma podcast. Appreciate you all for tuning in today. A big, big episode as our OU Softball Weekly Discussion. We moved it up a little bit earlier in the week, which probably Monday or Tuesday is when these are going to post. But we uh, did not want to waste any time getting our thoughts out and uh, recapping a huge weekend, not only for OU Softball, but Jocelyn Allo matching the NCAA career home runs record uh, set by Lauren Chamberlain. Uh, seven years ago, Jocelyn Allo got number 95, one more, and she will have that record to herself. So uh, without wasting any more time, Norman Transcript's Abby Bitterman joins me once again to go over all the stuff uh, that happened this weekend with Oklahoma at the Houston Classic. Fun, fun conversation. Uh, before we do, just want to remind you all, the podcast is available on all major podcast platforms, and we'd love a five-star rating and review. Helps get the word out about the show. And if you're not already subscribed to the newsletter, eyesinoklahoma.com you can find it right there so anyway appreciate you all and here is abby bitterman how's it going abby i'm good how are you joe i'm doing great it has been uh it's been quite the sunday around oklahoma softball back talking um with abby bitterman of the norman transcript abby jocelyn allo matches lauren chamberlain's ncaa career home run record i mean no other place to start than there oh you uh participating in the Houston classic, as I believe it's uh, referred to um, over the weekend went five and zero, but obviously the big story as uh, you all have come to probably want to hear about is Jocelyn Allo and matching the home run record at 95 and just kind of a remarkable career for someone who still has 50, 60 games left of softball left to play. Um, Abby, just kind of curious what, what you make of a, just like, I was kind of on the fence of like, is this going to happen this weekend? And then of course, Jocelyn Allo makes it happen this weekend. Yeah. So first of all, kind of like a, where were you when moment, I knew that the game was at 10 AM. I saw it um, on the, on the schedule on the SoonerSports.com website. So I knew that it was at 10 AM, but I did not really internalize that it was at 10 AM. So I Walked into Costco when it opened at 10 a.m. to pick up a pot roast for the week um, or to make for the week. And yeah, I got uh, a OU softball notification that jo- that number 95 had gone over the fence for Jocelyn. Um, and then, of course, I, you know, on my way home was listening to Plank's radio call. Shout out as always, Chris Plank. But yeah, to, to your point about, you know, would it even happen this weekend? It was kind of weird because, you know, Jocelyn starts it off right away with a home run in game run, again, game one of the season, a grand slam, and then hits another um, a couple days later, or not a couple days, a couple games later, a couple of games later, and then doesn't hit another for four straight games. And now you're thinking to yourself, that doesn't seem like that many games. People go, you know, whole seasons without hitting home runs. They... Uh, they don't always happen as often as they happen to Jocelyn Allo, but that's the type of player that she is, that four games felt like a long time and it felt like something to maybe not get worried about, but like you just, you start to have a little question like, oh, when's this going to happen? And I mean, after the home runs to, or after the home run today, Jocelyn and uh, Patty even mentioned that a bit, you know, Patty talked about how she was pressing a bit earlier in the season and how she said like that it was almost a little bit hard to watch because she was just trying a bit too hard. And Jocelyn talked about how she got in her head a bit, you know, but 
Then on Saturday, you know, after that four game dry spell to hit four home runs across two games, um, the most she's ever hit in a single day. I don't know. It just, it just was so out of nowhere, but also so Jocelyn Allo, I felt like after that, it felt like number 95 could come at any minute. And I think that probably you and I both really didn't um, anticipate what any minute meant um, because it came at like 10.05 a.m. or something like that. And then there was the question of, well, you saw her hit four yesterday. Like, is she going to break it today? Is it over today? But no, we're just at 95 with her for the tying the record right now. So I guess we'll have to wait till next weekend to see if she can break it. But Joe, what did, what did you think of all that? I mean, kind of going back to what we said on, or what I said on last, uh, the last pod was that I was just like, man, it'd been really cool if she got it at the Mark Campbell invitational. And then I started thinking like, Oh, well, there's no way that Jocelyn Allo with as much softball, like as OU is going to play, like is going to get to, like uh, get to that Hawaii series uh, that's coming up in two weeks, or I guess um, as you listen to this Monday, it's not this week, but the next. And I was just like, Oh, it'd be really cool if Jocelyn did it in Hawaii. And it felt like that was kind of what might happen when just kind of the slow start to the weekend, like you mentioned. And then Saturday I was like, yeah, there's obviously four home runs in one day, no chance that that's going to happen. But just a remarkable thing and almost a little bit in, kind of anticlimactic in a way just because of like how early it was um and i think part of that is just just kind of comes with the territory of like where she was with the record but it took me back to like lauren chamberlain she broke she broke the record at north texas in denton like on a i remember watching it like on a really bad like like web stream and then again here we are i'm just like checking and you're listening to Chris Plank, like I'm mostly checking Twitter this morning, just trying to keep track of everything, but she breaks it and, or she matches it. I keep saying breaks, breaks it. I keep wanting to say breaks it, but she matches the NCAA career home runs record at 95. And all I can really think about is just like how far like Jocelyn Allo has come since that freshman season when in 2018, I think we all knew that she was a very special player, did not know how special it is insane that Oklahoma has the two currently home run Queens of NCAA softball and we'll have a new one by next weekend. I think it's a safe bet that Jocelyn Allo will break that at the Marionette classic, which we'll get into in a little bit, but uh, just, I know we're supposed to be objective. I know we're supposed to like, not, you know, be homers. And I think the both of like, me and you are not, but it couldn't happen to a better, you know, student athlete, Jocelyn Allo is such a pleasure to cover. It was really, really cool to see and uh, kind of getting to know the family over the years. I can't imagine how ecstatic they are and potentially to see her break the record in California, which is where she spent most of her summers uh, playing travel ball. So just a really, really cool thing um, for, for Oklahoma softball to once again, make that history. And that history obviously is even further going to be confirmed. Um, but just uh, quite quite the weekend. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned her family. She talked after the game about how special it was to, um, you know, tie the record um, and have her family there to celebrate with her and how that, you know, she hopes that when she breaks it next weekend uh, or if she breaks it next weekend that she knows she'll have family there too. So she's hoping that 
she can get to celebrate that with them too. Cause um, she talked about that, making it more special for her, but you know, you mentioned the moment. And as I said, in the, in the first podcast, I, I'm just an overall fan of the game of softball. It's something that's been really important to me for a lot of my life. And I think Patty Gasso summed it up really well at the, um, after the game today, talking about next weekend, because um, she said she believes that it'll happen at the Mary Nutter Classic, that uh, Jocelyn will break the record. And she said, we'll have a lot of people out there that get to witness this. Because it's, um, it's not just about the Sooners, it's a moment in softball history. And anytime you break records in softball history, that's tremendously huge because they're hard to break. So um, it's just a great celebration for our sport as well. I hope people look at it. And she's right. And this is a really big record, um, a really important one, a one that one that a lot of people care about. I mean, I think really just because home runs are so fun to watch that um, and that's part of what makes this OU team so fun to watch. I, I think they've hit something like 24 or 25, something like that home runs so far this year. Um, so I think that's also why like so much emphasis gets put on this home run record. And um, I think Patty is right. I think it's bigger than just an OU thing. I think it's a great moment for softball that um, Jocelyn Allo, someone who uh, has been watched very closely since hitting 30 home runs her freshman year and coming out of the gate that strongly, like you mentioned. Um, it's just a great moment for the sport in general to, to see someone break a record like that and to um, really push it to new heights. Because like you mentioned, I mean, there are 10 games into the season. Last year, they played a total of 60. So if anything, that means that she's got about potentially like 50 more left to play to see how many more she can put up there. So, uh, but she is someone who's been really fun to watch. And I think it'll be a really exciting moment for the sport of softball as a whole, if and when she does uh, get number 96 and break it. If she does cool down, like I wonder, like, cause I, I think the number can get super high and I just wonder, like, I feel like the only way for it to really be Jocelyn, like, or to set a record that is reachable, like, Tiari Jennings is the candidate to, you know, break it just at the current pace she's at hitting 27 last year. And I mean, there is a part of me, I'll just like, if, if Jocelyn, I feel like if Jocelyn gets it above 120, it's untouchable, which it's crazy to sit here and say, like, you know, they're not, she's, she's at 95. She would have to hit 25 more home runs for that to have 25 more home runs. So essentially a home run every other game for the rest of the season, which for Jocelyn Allo does not seem impossible. Um, she, and like, kind of like you said, like uh, with just this team is so, so fun to watch. And I, I kind of go back and forth with this, just thinking about the popularity of OU softball. It almost feels more meaningful, I guess, in a way, because there is, I think, a contention of OU fans that really, really enjoy when teams are good. And what I mean that is just like when OU women's basketball or I mean, you can really throw OU women's basketball, OU baseball. When those sports are good, the, the, the fans take notice. But this softball team, I think, is kind of given almost made fans like OU fans, just not only a fan of this program, but a fan of college softball, because it is a sport where 
big numbers, big stats like this can be posted and not that it's by any means easy. It's just, it comes with more regularity, high scoring games and has made just a true, you know, and it's, it, it, it's all, it's only fitting that obviously that the women's college world series is in Oklahoma city because you're really seeing not only Patty Gasso take, you know, OU to new heights, but in <laughs> despite their, the previous weekend, Oklahoma state is still pretty good. Um, and Kenny Gajewski has done a phenomenal job there. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the cowgirls in a little bit as well, but um, there it's just, it's not only a fun team to follow. The, the point I'm trying to make is it's not only a fun team to follow, but th- this sport and what it's kind of maybe, you know, woken up a lot of people who maybe didn't care about softball and it's only going to get better. I mean, I assure as many friends as I have that follow major league baseball, you, you, and I, uh, just the, hopefully that there is major league baseball this year, but if there's not, there's going to be a big spotlight. At least I hope so. I hope that there's a big spotlight on softball. I hope there's a big spotlight on college baseball. I think it's great for those sports that this is perhaps an opportunity for these games that are just so special in their own way to kind of get more attention. Yeah. Listen, I've been saying like for years to, to just friends of mine who complain about baseball and they think that it's boring telling them about softball and how it it's it's quicker um to me it's a bit more exciting even though i do love baseball i'm from chicago so you can't say you don't love baseball in a town like that but um just i know a lot of people are i don't know not in love especially in this generation not in love with like the the major league baseball product um especially to watch on tv softball i think is fun to watch in any way that you can watch it so i just think it's great that so many more people are finding it every year. And I think when you have teams like OU, um, teams that really shine the way that they tend to, it really it just um, make creates more ambassadors for the sport. We do need to talk before we move on from Alo, and I'm not saying we're finishing this up, but we do have to talk about the ball itself with number 95. Because yeah. if you are not paying attention, they do not know where the ball is. It, it is gone. Um, I was listening to Chris Plank's radio broadcast. Um, again, shout out Plank. I'm almost always listening to it, but he said that he, he was sitting next to Patrick Dunn. Also shout out Patrick Dunn. OU softball's, um, uh, sports information director. Yes. I forgot what SIT stood for for a second. Thank you, Joe. Um, but, and I guess Patrick, uh, shared with Plank that the ball it not just cleared, you know, the extra tall fence that um, they have uh, in Houston, but cleared a, a, an, a, an extra chain link fence and then rolled into the street and down a uh, storm drain. And they cannot find it. And um, I heard we heard from Patrick that he like looked in there himself and they don't know where it is. First off, I, I, I was going to po- stop you for a second, but that fence at Houston is abnormally tall. Like if you didn't watch any of the softball this weekend and you saw what Oklahoma did with that kind of out, like outfield fence, it is makes it even kind of more remarkable, but kind of the power that Jocelyn Allo hits with is something that is not really a kind of new. Like I remember every time they go up to Oklahoma state, I am so deathly afraid of the cars that are parked way too close to that field. And 
I don't know. I don't think that last year there were really any issues, but it does feel like playing with fire, but yes, the, the number 95 ball was, was, was gone in multiple ways. Um, just that, that's such a, and I, I really do hope for Oklahoma's sake that, you know, they, they can find that, that softball. Um, Patrick did tell us that the university of Houston is working on seeing if they can locate it and shipping it um, up to, up to Norman, which would be awesome. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I would assume number 96, a little bit more important to Jocelyn. So if, if there's any consolation, consolation in that is that she, she still has not lost track of that one, even though it hasn't happened yet, but yeah, that was a, a fun little subplot <laughs> to the, to the story like i like it makes me want to call like you know like go down to like the city of houston like just like like uh like waste and disposal just like so uh like who's on the case here like who who gets to go like deep into like the sewer and try to find the softball like what's the extent of your investigation because this is very important to you know i, I don't want to say a small group of people but like i i want i i desperately want them to find the softball yes i mean first of all just you can't you can't write stuff like this, you know. But you got to think that the uh, that like the OU athletics department is going to have somebody standing behind the fence uh, every game, you know, for the re- for the rest of or like until she until she breaks the record, just waiting to really secure that ball. They can they can fly us out to California and we'll stand there with gloves, and if it, it just we'll we'll be out there. We we'll do it. I'd be, I'd be happy to go to California on someone else's dime. I'm, you know, I'm always available for that. I mean, and if they wanted to hold Jocelyn out this weekend and then, you know, fly us out to Hawaii, that even better. better. (laughs) One quick thing, um, because I I did want to mention this and because we did not mention it at all with like the last podcast and kind and really, and I think Patty's kind of touched on it like a little bit. Um, but one thing that kind of gets lost in like all of this is like, you know, we talk about Jocelyn, we, we, we talk about Lauren Chamberlain, no, not so much love for Shelby Penley, who is very much kind of like on track to be like, to do, to break those records. And she came 11 home runs short of, uh, the, of what Lauren did. She finished with a career of like 84 home runs which is ridiculous in its own right, but there are, there's quite a few people. I mean, it's mostly in kind of looking at this list. Cause I just pulled it up um, is just the amount of Arizona, UCLA and Oklahoma players. And as much as I kind of informed you uh, as many times as I listened to the podcast, this stuck with me that you said, you mentioned something like the Oklahoma, the UCLA and the Arizona's of the world, which really is kind of the blue blood of the sport. Like, I think those are the three that you, cannot deny you can make cases for a few others probably but it's just looking at this records list and just seeing the amount of talent because the entire top 10 is OU Arizona UCLA and then Danielle Gomez from Louisiana um, who's at the bottom and then Jesse Warren from Florida State but anyway just wanted to I don't know why I just felt like we needed to mention Shelby Penley um, because I don't feel like she's not that I know she didn't match or break the record but like Oklahoma has a has had such a cool history of like home runs and the fact that we're kind of in the mode from like Shelby and Lauren Chamberlain and now it's Jocelyn and Tiari Jennings kind of on the same team. I just think it's a cool parallel. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I was actually thinking about that the other day about how we really in these conversations don't bring um, Shelby Penley up enough, but you mentioned Arizona um, and today Jocelyn Allo actually did break um, one of Lauren Chamberlain's records. She broke the um, OU program record for most RBI, uh, career RBI. She has 256 now. Um, Lauren had 254, but I, I bring this up because you mentioned Arizona. Arizona has the um, top three uh, career R- people for career RBI, um, and currently Jenny Dalton uh, is in the lead with 328, and that record um, is from 1996. So, you know, some of these records, um, to a point that I brought up that Patty Gass was making earlier, stand for quite a while. But uh, yeah, no, Arizona, I feel like they don't get talked about as much today, but they are certainly one of the blue bloods of college softball as well. It's, I mean, it's really cool that Oklahoma, and this is just kind of a credit to, to Patty Gasso that um, they've already played UCLA this year uh, and they won that game four to one. They'll play Arizona this weekend, which I believe that's, Oh no, that's not the late game. Um, they're playing Arizona Saturday at noon. Um, all those games will be on flow softball, um, which maybe should make the investment in that, but, um, <laughs> there's a, there's a, on the radio like me. That's fair. If there was a way to sync them up, that would be even better. Okay. I I've heard. Okay. So Chris Plank does like the third inning shout outs and I've heard him talk or I've heard him like shout out people who tweeted him that they're um, listening to it or they're watching it, you know, streaming on flow softball, but then have uh, him pulled up and are listening to it on the radio. Um, and so they've found a way to sync it. So I need to figure this out because I, I mean, I do very much enjoy Chris Plank's. We got to get Chris Plank uh, on the pod. I think oh, that needs wow. to happen, but the upcoming weekend though, just th- there's a lot of, a lot of great softball coming Oklahoma's way. But before we kind of get into that, just still want to kind of get more into the weekend because I mean, the, it would be, it'd be a disservice not to, to obviously what, you know, Jocelyn Allo did is the big story and should be the big story that she matched the career home runs record, but OU going five and O at the Houston classic, which not a huge surprise, McNeese state uh, twice, Houston twice, and then Texas state uh, to wrap things up on Sunday. They just, just talk about dominance, just absolute dominance. They run ruled every one of their opponents in five innings, uh, beating, uh, Everyone almost by shutout McNeese state put up a run in their first game, which was on Friday on an unearned run, mind you, which I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that makes the only two runs that OU has surrendered unearned. Correct. The, um, all, all of OU's pitchers have yet to give up a single run. All the runs are unearned. The first one um, against UCLA, that was an error by Kinsey Hansen. And then the second one, um, against McNeese State, that was an outfield error. So yeah, two unearned runs, no other scores besides that. What Oklahoma is doing though, as far as just like uh, defensively being in the circle as well, is it, it almost just kind of what the conversations we were having last week about like not wanting to get too ahead of ourselves, but the balance of this softball team compared to last year, it's 
I mean, it's getting to the point where it's just like this team, I think it's okay to be like this. This team is so scary on both sides, uh, both sides of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And last week we talked about how, like, you know, if there was any, anything that they could improve on from that first weekend, it was hitting. And Patty Gasso during the week even talked about how, like, that was kind of the case, how um, it was really the pitchers carrying um, and leading the way. And uh, but how she believed that the two would balance out. And now I think we can say, I mean, you know, there's still a lot of softball left to be played, but at least this weekend they were incredibly even like even on both sides with, you know, still the pitchers have yet to give up an earned run. Um, very few hits given up. I think, uh, um, I think that, Oh, I think in for, uh, one of the days, hope Trotwine through a no hitter and the, or a no hitter for five innings. And then, um, the other three pitchers combined for a one hitter. So, you know, just a lot of dominance on this pitching squad. And then again, like just the bats are coming alive, um, on the, on the offensive side. So, yeah, like you mentioned, just like a, a scary team OU has this year. Though I was going to say, doing some quick math here, they give up six hits over five games which if you're not a follower of softball, maybe this is your first time listening to anything softball related. That's really good. And the one thing that like kind of really sticks out to me, and this is no shade at the previous pitching staff, but I think what Oklahoma has in Hope Trotline and Nicole May behind Jordy Ball as I think we can all kind of pencil in that Jordy Ball is going to be the ace of this team. I mean, I don't think Patty's ever going to come out and say like, that's our number one. And she might, I, I, that, that was the one thing that like, not confused me, but like Patty's pretty candid about things. She was very reluctant to ever call Giselle Juarez her ace, which, you know, you can, you could have made the case for Mariah Lopez or Shannon Sale, or not, not so much Shannon sale, but Mariah Lopez for what her record was in the circle um then 2019 which i think it turned out to be like 23 and 1 or something like that but anyway what they have though in this pitching staff it feels deeper just because i think hope trotwine is a is a better number 2 than what you know they've had you know previous years with Barry Lopez and and Shannon Sale and then and then you have thrown Nicole May who once again is just <laughs> she's not just some you know just she's not just another pitcher she's she's really talented uh, i think that kind of the end of the year that she had with juarez and sale kind of dealing with uh and juarez was still dealing with the injury stuff but like could not really come on and she had like some really big moments in that bedlam series last year the, those moments i think are going to pay dividends and the fact that she still doesn't really need to be the number one like you know number one in the circle like is just going to help her so much um, it, I mean, it's kind of, it's maybe a lot of pressure to throw in Jordy ball does not seem like she minds at all the, the pressure and kind of the status that she has as a true freshman, but this just feels like a deeper pitching staff, kind of what we're seeing, um, you know, as you mentioned, just to go through the weekend and blank four straight opponents in, in five innings is just, it's a, it, it was the one thing that I think Patty Gasso really needed to address over the off season and through 10 games, she has, uh, you know, made a resounding statement with kind of the, what, what she's done with that, with that, you know, with that unit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something else, you know, 
because we talk about how the hitters have returned to their dominance too, is that OU is now on a um, six-game run roll streak, all in five innings. Um, the uh, most consecutive run rolls they've ever put together is eight, and that came in 2015. Um, and you know they don't. And also today, honestly, um, in the it was the it, like in the the fifth inning started and. OU had six runs on the board and uh, I kind of thought to myself, Oh, cause I was, you know, I was kind of monitoring the streak since I saw, I think the sooner stats Twitter account, like tweeted out the, the record last night. Um, so I was like, Oh, you know, they just tweeted this. Maybe this'll, this'll end here. Or, I mean, it can also be a run, a six inning run rule. So you never know, but someone got on and Chris Plank was like, maybe, uh, or no, um, Grace Lyons coming up the, the, uh, maybe she could walk it off. And then that's exactly what she did, um, with a walk two run walk off home run. But yeah, no, I mean, six, five inning run rules in a row is, is really something. Just kind of what we're seeing right now. I mentioned this kind of last week and I hope that I don't think anyone took it wrong, but I mentioned it at kind of the end. I was just like, hopefully we could see a loss at some point, just some adversity. And I mostly said that just out of purely like, you know, it would be interesting to see what this team looks like pissed off. Cause I think it would be terrifying. Listen, Patty Gasso agrees with you. I'm sure. Like I, I, I haven't asked her, but I know for a fact she agrees with you. So you get into this next weekend though. And you look at what they have with Arizona coming Tennessee and Utah, Arizona, um, believe they're top 10. I know Tennessee is, is number 18, but, uh, and then Utah just being another power five program, just they're, they're not ranked, but six out as a kind of a game. And then they've got, they also have, um, Oh no, I'm wrong on that, but they, they finished out with Utah. Um, but this will be a weekend where I think that they can get more tested, um, just because of the the competition they're going to be facing. Um, the one interesting thing is we kind of put a close uh, to this pod is just kind of it's it's turning out to be a super weird year for softball. <laughs> like if you're if you're paying attention to scores around the country and kind of we mentioned at the top, Oklahoma State had just an awful weekend where you know I think that the the expectations for for that for Kenny Gajewski's team was um, you know top top five and they, they finished or they, they started the year at number three, I believe. Uh, but to go out at the St. Pete Clearwater elite invitational, which is a, a pretty new tournament, but is really good just as far as like the competition that they get out there. Um, but for Oklahoma state to lose three straight games out there uh, again, I mean, and against good competition, mind you uh, LSU, South Florida and Washington were the losses they took, but I mean, they took two, really pretty bad losses and then lost to Washington by one, by one run. And then they come out on Sunday and beat Northwestern who just beat UCLA. So just a wild weekend overall. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that's the thing is that like good teams are going to lose sometimes. And something that my high school softball coach used to say all the time is that anybody can beat anybody on any given day. Um, I think you kind of saw that with OSU. Um, and also with UCLA losing to Northwestern, I mean, Northwestern's not a bad team. Um, I don't know which one of the polls I can't remember, but one of them has them, you know, ranked 23rd. So it's not like Northwestern's a bad team, 
Um, but yeah, UCLA is already sitting at two losses this year. So I was gonna say some OU fl- uh, flair on that Northwestern staff, uh, and that that was a team that uh, Oklahoma played. I believe that was 2019 in the Supers, or maybe it wasn't the Supers, but a team OU has a little bit of history with. But Michelle Gascoigne, uh, the pitcher with Kalani Ricketts. Um, back uh, in those early uh, 2010s teams that uh, ended up winning a national championship in 2013. Um, so kind of a cool deal there with uh, what she's kind of put together uh, with with Northwestern softball. But yeah, just any anyone can beat anybody. I mean, right now it, it does not feel like the way that OU is playing. It's it's going to be it's going to take probably quite a bit uh, for for someone to actually take them down. I. I I mean, I'm not going to be surprised on Saturday if, if Arizona is able to, to come away with the win there. And it honestly is going to kind of come down to how loose Patty gets with like, you know, playing um, just not that she's going to start pulling players by any means, but this is the time of the year where you mess with your lineup and you can find out things about your team and decisions can be wrong. You could, you could, you know, Patty's, kind of done a really good job with managing kind of the power throughout her lineup and kind of getting into, you know, a lot of people like in the replies to the NCAA softball tweet about Joss Nala matching the, you know, career home runs record. A lot of people just like, well, just like, I would, I would just pitch around her. I'm, I'm like, do you know what Oklahoma soft, like what, what comes after her? Because when you look down the list of what OU has for it just and we we, we named the names off um you know in, in last week's pod but just again just Tia Jennings Grace Lyons Grace Green they've they they've Jana Johns Jana Johns having a big weekend that was honestly before Jocelyn uh before Jocelyn Allo did uh or, or before she matched the record I was hoping to have a big Jana Johns segment because she uh was phenomenal this weekend and I don't know if you saw uh, the play that she had. I believe it was, it was either on Friday or Saturday, but she made, uh, I, I want to say it was Friday. She she made a toss from third to first on her belly. Like she laid out flat on her belly and was able to get it first. I can barely throw my dog's toys across the hallway on my belly. I, I, I the athletic strength of, of, of these student athletes is, is remarkable, but uh she she has been one of those players that I think will kind of go down as one of Patty's better transfers that she's received. Um, she was already a big talent um, before coming to Oklahoma and what, what she has now, but point being there is just this team, this team is loaded and I'll be interested to see how Patty's maybe starts tweaking with stuff. Maybe I, I don't know if she's going to turn the heat up on her own team and put them like try to put them in uncomfortable positions, but I don't think either me or you would be surprised if she did that. Yeah, absolutely. And just to say one more thing about Jana Johns, I mean, I think she herself hit like three home runs this weekend, um, led the team in RBI on Friday night. And so, yeah, no, a really big weekend from her too. Um, another one of the uh, red shirt seniors for OU um, like Jocelyn Allo. So just a lot of people really trying to get it done in their senior year. It's a, I mean, this is, this is a really talented group and kind of like with what we saw that Oklahoma was losing and like the biggest piece of it was obviously, uh, you know, 
losing Giselle Juarez and I think Shannon Sell were big were big pieces, but losing a staple player like Nicole Mendez, uh, I think it was going to be tough, but not as tough on this Oklahoma team considering everyone else was coming back. But when you kind of look around at like what Oklahoma and this current roster, how it's set up, I mean, you've got a ton of players that uh, could be done. Like, I mean, Grace Lyons could be done after the season if she wants to, you know, start either coaching or, you know, pursue something else. I don't know what, what her, where her mind's at, but you know, you lose, you lose someone like Taylor snow, uh, you know, you're losing Jocelyn Allo, Lindsay Elam. Uh, they're kind of just looking down the roster of Richard. It's kind of hard with like the whole super senior stuff, like to try to remember like who's got eligibility left and who doesn't. Um, but there's, there's a ton on this team. Gray screen could be done, which is just kind of crazy to think because it feels like yesterday that if, if you follow you softball, at least grace lines and gray screen being seniors is kind of weird for me to see, but it, Riley Boone's a junior. Um, COVID really, I think, messed up my perception of time, I think, though. Absolutely. Me too. But anyway, Abby, uh, do you have anything else you want to touch on? No, that's it. I, um, I'm just excited to see what uh, next br- weekend brings for both OU softball and the softball world in general. It's, uh, I'm, I'm sure there will be another fun podcast to record, it's assuming Jocelyn Allo does what we all expect her to do. So no pressure, Jocelyn. Um, it, it, it'll be fun. And uh, the Marionetta Classic, as I mentioned, a lot of good softball. Um, it'll all be on Flow Softball. Not a plug for Flow Softball, but I mean, it's, it's going to be a great weekend uh, for what OU has coming up on the schedule. And we will break that all down next week abby i appreciate you for coming on again to the eyes on ou softball whatever we're gonna call this i still have not come up with a name yeah if you've got names send them to joe and i but yeah no great as always to talk softball with you joe that does it for today's pod appreciate you all for listening once again and making us a part of your day as i mentioned up top the podcast is available on all major podcast platforms and if you like today's episode we'd love if uh, you left us a rating and review especially if you use the apple podcast app so thank you guys once again and we'll be back again next week to recap all of the action with oklahoma at the Marionetta classic in california until then my name is joe erwin bettner and we'll catch you next time